Welcome to The Millionaire's Lawyer, where you'll hear leading professionals share expert advice on how to grow your business and sell it for maximum profitability. If you want to learn lawyer-proven strategies for building and exiting your business, then this is the podcast for you. Your host, J.P. McAvoy, is a business lawyer, college professor, and best-selling author who has been assisting clients start, grow, and sell their businesses for millions of dollars for over 15 years. Will yours be the next? Now here's your host, J.P. McAvoy. Hi, and thanks for joining us here again today. Love having you here. And very happy to have Marat Mukarendalf on as well. He is uh, somebody I chatted with previously, the managing partner at Good News Ventures, a serial entrepreneur. He helps founders to define and achieve their visions. He's been heavily involved in blockchain and investing in many companies in that space, uh, in addition to others around the world. Fascinating guy. And here's my conversation with Marat. Marat, thanks so much for joining us again today or seeing us here today. I guess you're uh, you're in Toronto right now, aren't you? Uh, exactly. Yes. Uh, you know, for the most part, I'm in Toronto. So that's- yeah, Toronto-based. And it struck as we were just talking offline and uh, really looking forward to this conversation and fascinating to think since we last spoke, uh, I guess it was a few months ago, as we discussed this and talked of lining this conversation up, just to see how much there has occurred in the market since we last spoke. And I'm sure you're seeing that front hand, aren't you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that's like, again, that's uh, what markets do, right? So it's, they always surprise you. But really, like for all the intended purposes that we do, it's, we don't really uh, care much about markets that, that much because we invest very, very early. So Right. Uh, You're in the company's very early stage, although they are companies that do grow and I guess depend on the markets. How would things look from that perspective for you? Has there been any slowdown or are you seeing anybody pumping the brakes right now? Or are things the uh, business as usual right now for the for the younger companies that you've been looking at? Well, I guess maybe just for the uh, for your audience, it's a good, uh, good opportunity to maybe uh, I'm going to introduce myself and then we'll kind of move on to the uh, market. So I'm a managing partner at Good News Ventures. We invest in uh, pre-CC stage companies in tech sector, industry agnostic. We invest across uh, various verticals. Uh, our thesis is around uh, why you, why now, why this. We're trying to understand uh, if there is a founder market fit, strength of the team, ability to execute. Uh, question uh, why now? We try to figure out why now is the best time to build what they're building and whether or not they can leverage the, the technology. Think about like what broadband technology done for Netflix or you know phones with uh, payment system and, and and GPS uh, maps done for Uber, so that kind of stuff. And and uh, we look for and I question uh, why why this uh, answers were not this particular solution better than everyone else and what's particular you know mode and, and secret sauce if you will uh, the company has that can provide them an edge. Right, the edge that they're looking for, right? Exactly, yes. That's where, you know, and since we invest very early, we don't really affect it by market that much. I would say for us, it's best to invest during the bear market. And the reason why, because, uh, you know, banks don't loan uh, to startups. And when it's difficult to raise, you remove the noise. So there's a lot of companies raising during the hype, right? So basically, you know, as uh, Howard Mark said, you know, the worst uh, sentence for investors, too much money uh, chasing too few deals, right? So, and when you remove the too much money, right? So everything gets back to normal or better yet, even, you know, there's no, not enough money, then you only see, you know, uh, relatively good opportunities. So you kind of remove the noise. 
And also you can have a negotiation power. Like I think about from real estate perspective, there's a buyer's market, there's a seller's market. So we're looking forward to kind of buyer's market, right? So that's, that's we can get the, uh, getting that better valuation, don't spend a lot of time chasing, you know, uh, like a lot of removing the noise. And uh, yeah, we can basically have, uh, you know, uh, we, we can work on the uh, opportunities that really uh, make a difference. That's, yeah, that's the ones that are going to have, the, yeah, as you say, make the biggest difference. And uh, Marat, as you just described that, uh, you know, thinking of broadband to, to Netflix, I guess blockchain, or it's network, right? And looking to some of the opportunities that these companies building out on the blockchain are, are going to be difference makers for the future. Is that kind of what you're looking to right now? Let me step back. You know, when, when people talk about blockchain, I think there was a lot of misunderstanding. People kind of, you know, when you ask, well, like when you're trying to explain what's the blockchain? Well, blockchain is technology. That technology of basically, you know, that the whole, like the, the lot of Web3 applications be on top of it. But the core uh, technology for uh, what it provides, provides like it based on uh, four pillars, right? So, which is uh, decentralized. So there is no central authority that can control the network. It's uh, it's trustless. You don't uh, need to trust anyone. It's immutable, meaning it's, it can continue for as long as there is security there. And it's permissions. So you don't have to ask permission of anyone to run like any applications or if it's a payment system, you know, so you cannot be blocked. So those four pillars, they very, very fundamental for uh, Web3 in general. So if you think about it, decentralized, permissionless, immutable, and trustless. This is the fabric that the new financial system is building upon. And that's, I think, many people kind of overlooked. That's the most important thing, in my opinion. The rest is... It's still important, but it's not as important. That's why we're looking for well, how how are we going to build uh, you know Twitter 2.0 on the Web three, right? So it's how do we desensify company because company the, the whole point of uh, company is to make profits, right? And it, it's going to do this regardless of the business model, and the business model itself is broken, right? Yeah, there is a two, two forces within the kind of, so you have to find a, a different business models. And the traditional kind of Web 2 world, I think it's impossible. And the Web 3 allowed, like, basically provide technology to solve world's biggest problems. What is the, you know, communication via social media? What is the, you know, literally transacting uh, via, you know, like using financial instruments? What is investment? What is election? Literally, you can you can put the the whole election on chain, and you can verify every single individual until public, right? So, and there's a lot of like a big problems give us right now solve with technology. So that's that's why I'm you know so excited about the blockchain in general. It can provide it's a foundation. It, it really is a game changer, isn't it? As you describe these things, uh, and you know. I don't know if everybody has realized the extent to which it, it truly is a game changer, as you say. Uh, whereas, you know, we've had for-profit corporations in Web2 building, you know, their networks. You know, we've been engaging with their networks. This is, the shift has occurred where, whereby we can, and we will do things, on, as you just say, things built it on, with, with these four pillars where it's a truly decentralized network, depending on which one we're using or how we're using it, so that we don't, are not 
reliant on these these big corporations the way that we have in the past, right? Would you, exactly. would you agree? It's being yeah. battle tested right now. If you uh, follow the latest, I guess, uh, latest saga, uh, three arrow capital, you right. know, uh, yeah, Celsius. Exactly. So those are centralized finance. That that's basically a remnants of a Web two. You know, going to the Web three, but using the you know this traditional approach. But if you think about all of them, use the decentralized DeFi loans. So all loans that were provided to those companies are paid back in full, which means that it works. So, well, obviously, a lot of people well, lost it, money. Yeah. So that that money will be repaid. That was done in the decentralized fashion. But you're right; exactly. they were applying traditional models. And they were, you know, with leverage and the public markets. Uh, so that's why we can actually see behind some of uh, what they've done because there've been some public reporting to see how they were trying to rely on the on the traditional. Whereas the only people are going to they are going to see their money are those that have actually done it in a decentralized fashion. In my opinion, I like the way you're saying that's even the remnants, right? Because it's it's sort of a hybrid of people trying to leap, you know, into what the the new version or or a truly decentralized version is going to look like. And you mentioned this business model as well. As you say business model, can you relate that to business structure? Because you're making still investments, right? So you're kind of maybe still even in the hybrid as we're, as we're discussing that. Although I know you're looking for companies that are going to be able to uh, translate to Web3, right? And have success in, in Web3. But as you make an investment, Marat, these are, I mean, it's still corporations or entities that, are, that, need, to be, that need to exist in order to bring projects to existence, right? Would that be a right way to describe it? So I mean, so you're still investing in corporations Absolutely. that are going to give birth to these projects, right? Is that I guess that's what, the best way of saying it. Well, there's a proliferation of what we do uh, new, I guess, phenomena uh, called DAO, decentralized right. autonomous organization. And there, are, if if you look into the DAO world, you'll see there is literally thousands and thousands of corporations literally emerging from a DAO. So where the code code is the law, basically. You have, you know, in a, in a traditional way, it's all based on trust. Well, like I trust you, we would do business, and then this is a paper you sign, I sign, or you know, we agree like verbally or by email, and then like if like anyone's, you know, basically breach the contract, we're gonna sue each other, right? That's mm-hmm. what, for example, Celsius and for all Web two projects that you have to do is you use the old Web two approach. In a Web3 approach, the, the centralized finance, the reason, because they're very technical, because UX and UI is still not there yet, right? So if I'm going to tell, well, you can actually, you don't need the uh, intermediary party. I know it's easier, but you can go ahead and do it yourself. So without being exposed to Web2, I would say risks. So I guess what I'm trying to say is even the from the organizational structure, it's being encoded. If like I hire someone, and technically, you know, the level of trust is minimized, right? So, you know, if you, for example, if there was an ESOP, if you uh, going to have certain, you know, tokens, it's going to be assigned automatically. You know, so there's a lot of things being developed right now. So that's that's a new world that I would say. A globalized world on the, the internet, so it doesn't matter where you're located, and that's that's quite fascinating. So it's yeah. So the, again, blockchain is technology that allow 
the plethora application across uh, uh, many verticals. And it's the, it's, it's the, our you know, future world will be many financial applications, if not all, going to be uh, based on blockchain. That's yes. just- Yeah, uh, we'll see in the blockchain. Which networks? Is it Ethereum? Is it going to be Bitcoin? Like which networks are going to prevail? Oh, wow. That's, that's difficult to uh, predict. And it's, you know, uh, I would say it's impossible. And obviously, we can we can list all the top ones, you know, like EVM, uh, Ethereum in general, and all EVM uh, compatible networks doing great. You know, there's a, uh, like the Internet of Blockchain, uh, like Cosmos building, you know, the, the different kind of sovereign approach. Uh, and then there is a Solana, uh, like uh, I compare them to, uh, to uh, like uh, Apple and uh, who say uh, Ethereum kind of. Android, kind of, you know, iOS and uh, and, and Google. Uh, so that's that's basically there's a lot of them. So you can't, you like, I I don't think I can I can pick the winner right now. What all I can say is we continue to grow. And I look at it not 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 from the standpoint winner takes all. Like I look at it from the uh, perspective of an ocean. Like there's different ecosystems, right? And there's ports that connect ocean with the continent. And you can think of them as uh, centralized uh, brokerages where like, you, you do the on-ramp and off-ramp. And then there's a blockchain ocean. There's different ecosystem. There's underworld. There's like, you know, there's corals. There's like a big whales. There's like, there's, I don't think you can say, well, ocean is one thing, right? So ocean is many things. It's an ecosystem of different things. So same with a blockchain. is an ecosystem of different networks that suited for certain tasks. So, like, I believe most of the thought leaders kind of agreed on the multi-chain world already. So now I think it's more prevalent than ever. That's, yeah, I think it's still going to be persist. Yeah. Although many projects will, will fail, obviously, but there's, I believe it's going to be multi-chain world. Which, say, can you say that again? You're saying that the thought leaders are suggesting which uh, or how? Well, uh, they, you know, not as suggesting, I, like, I, I see that many of them uh, can, you know, agree that we're going to have a multi-chain world. That means well, a multi-chain world, as you were saying, right, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, 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 and if that's the case, if that's the, you know, there's no point of, uh, if there's going to be an interesting uh, problem in its interest, in the need chain uh, to solve this problem. So look, look at the block, uh, look at the, Bitcoin, for example, right? So it, it solves a simple problem of just money, like money right? So that's in the sense that like uh, capital that does not inflate, right, with time. So it doesn't need to release, you know, a lot of smart contracts on it. It does its own job pretty good. So, and if you invested in blockchain in back in 2012, like you probably do have done okay, right? So, mm -hmm. and uh, especially during the times when uh, things got quite rough in the world, like, you know, a lot of money printing and there's a lot of uncertainties. So you want things that uh, decentralized, you want things that immutable, you want things that permissionless and trustless, right? So. So they, they become more of a, a safe harbor. It comes from the cost though, obviously, right? Markets ups and downs and you say, well, Bitcoin is 20K from 60K or it was like a half a year ago. Yes, that is true, but it was sense in 2012, right? So if you look from that perspective, I guess it's not for the faint, you know, of course, you still have to, you know, uh, markets are tough. 
the you know as they say weekends don't survive the the downturn so, so that's right that's to- right but in terms of a, like as you, as you say like there's a fixed supply and it's doing its job you know when we're, we're addressing well money right it solves a lot of the problems with money in previous systems right whereby especially intermediaries were so expensive you know and obviously there's places for the intermediaries uh, to make their money but we're in a spot now where we can uh because of the the power of the blockchain and bitcoin uh, as the example here we can uh, cut out the intermediary can't we well yes we, we can in certain ways not only cut out the intermediaries we actually like on the blockchain we have a lot of projects that that do it better than the regional right so because of the uh, uh, for example, in financial world, you can provide flash loans, right? So it's not available in traditional finance, where you can borrow the capital, do the transaction, and then return the capital all within one transaction. But think about it: you can borrow, trade, and return the capital like uh, within the transaction. That's a called flash loan. That's it's impossible in the in the current uh, financial system. I mean, mm-hmm. without the tax, and uh, that's just like. I mean, obviously, there was a lot of leverage and, you know, people are people, right? So, I mean, financial markets, ups and downs, I don't think we can avoid that. And it doesn't matter technology. I don't think that's the problem. Yeah, you, you can't code out, uh, you know, human nature, as you say. There's always going exactly. to be greed. There's always going to be fear. And that's, you know, that translates to the markets and some of the gyrations we're seeing right now. It's, it's been fast right now. And interesting, you talking for your business, bear markets are... You know, are actually probably a good thing to use your words, weed out some of the noise. How long do you think we're in, the, in this bear market? I know that's you know big crystal ball and that type of thing, but what does your you know gut tell you? What is some of the thinking or reading you're doing suggest for how long we'll be in this bear market situation? Well, uh, depends from you know what exactly you like. This is like a big big question in a sense. Are you looking for like okay, if we're talking about from the crypto perspective, from the you know top like uh, five hundred companies, S and P five hundred. Yeah, great question. For- yeah, yeah. Let's stay in crypto or let's stay blockchain here because I guess with that, we're really just talking about where's the where's the bottom, right? Because. Yeah. The activity will well, continue. I think a lot of companies will never like survive. I compare this market to you know tech boom. A lot of companies just build on hype. They will disappear in the future. Having said that, there will be you know still companies that prevail. Like, you know not only L1 chains, but you know pretty interesting uh, DeFi like you know Avi, for example. The, you know that being tested, battle tested during the uh, downturn. So. Which, were you saying Avalanche there? Which company are you saying? No, no, Avi, like, you know, the, the basically the lenders that provide the collateralized right. loans, you can lend, like, you know, all the swaps, you know, whether it's SushiSwap or Uniswap, so of the world. Yes. So they've been kind of battle uh, tested, and I think they will continue to flourish and we'll have more opportunities, more, you know, on GameFi and, you know, interesting projects coming out so i guess we just we just need to clean the the market from uh, a lot of companies that never meant to be kind of on the market from uh, in, in the first place so from the traditional markets i think we'll you know 500 coming from s p 500 and from you know uh, usually you know within i would say you know a couple of years if we're not going to the depression though so like it's it's, it's hard to say right when one thing i know 
you cannot predict things. If, you know, assume we were talking in December of 2019, okay, and then, you know, three months later, we got COVID, right? And, and all the plans, everything that we planned kind of out of window. So that's what world does, right? So it's, 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 it's always surprised you. So you think you know, but in reality, you don't. So it's, uh, uh, it can get worse, right? So like, when I look at the ocean, actually gives me a lot of inspiration on how things unfold because, you know, ocean wind produces waves, like not only wind, but, you know, uh, moon and then all, all the, you know, different events. And then when you look at the ocean, there's certain times that you see there's a big wave, right? And that doesn't come as a one wave. It's usually a series of waves, right? And and I compare them to uh, world events, right? There is like, there's a calm and then and then you have like a big wave coming. You, see, you can see it, I say, well, like this guy on the, you know, like doesn't really see it. And he's basically facing the and he's gonna be hit this by this, this uh, wave. And it's a big wave. And then there's another big wave. So then there's a third big wave and it comes in series, right? And if you zoom out, like I would say, pandemic is the first wave of that kind, right? So it's a big wave, but it's not the only one. Like I, I expect to have several waves. And wars like could be the second one, can be, you know, it's not as big as, you know, uh, it is big right now, but it can be get bigger, right? So. That's the thing. And, and if it's get bigger, it can create a lot more uh, havoc in the world. And then could be the third wave of consequences of the war, right? So which could be bring famine, you know, energy crisis, like because war, you know, basically destroy all of the, you know, means of production. And so like, I, I don't want to be pessimistic. Pessimist, Not at all. No, no, this is forward thinking. You're right. And it's being, uh, I like the analogy of the ocean and you say there's, there are consequences. There are, yeah, you know, there's like, and I, I rarely see one way. It's just like they come in series, right? And the like, it could be the case that like we now in that time, it's philosophical again. Like you can say, well, who, what, who, who's to blame here, right? COVID, and they can say, well, you can find the guy who responsible for the, you know, if you believe in lab leak theory or like whatever, right? So, but at the end of the day, I think it's just like it's just time, right? It's a cycle, right? It's a market. There's a market went too high up. It just needed to go down. It's just inevitable, right? So same with our world. We've been, you know, like everything we enjoyed, like the market, we enjoyed everything. And now the time comes, right? So it's kind of inevitable. Like if you ask folks back in, you know, World War II, well, well who is to blame? Well, it's a complicated issue. Like, I mean, obviously there, was, there are bad guys. But, uh, you know, it's just the time came and that's those things happens. I'm not sure if like kind of. Well, I hear what you're saying. I mean, and I think the point about this, the ways, right, is just we can't know. We can prepare for and then uh, react, I guess, accordingly, right? Prepare for, be proactive in some senses, but then react, yeah. right? And if things, got, you know, go, you know, south and, 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 you know, deteriorate from here, like still, I think blockchain tech, if anything, it provides even more uh, reliance. You yeah, there's reliance. Immutable, permissionless, decentralized. So, because let's go, like during the war, uh, there's a lot of money printing. So you yep. need to fund the war machine. So yeah, for sure. And if there's going to be good times, it's still like you build the application for like, a, uh, you know, social, you still need to rely on it as well. So 
yeah, either way, blockchain here to stay. It's uh, I don't think in 2017. Yeah, it's not going. It's here to stay, and it's going to yeah. continue to change things. Right? Uh, it's interesting yeah. you say that. And we, you know, we're talking of uh, I guess real world problems. How much do you think people are going to uh, go into this the metaverse, the Web three metaverse as it's being built? Have you looked at any of those types of projects? Do you think there's a a lot of legs for those types of projects? Well, I think it's a, it's still a bit too early, in my opinion. Uh, there are a lot of uh, projects and. Like, I like the idea of expanding the space. When we look at the, your, uh, you know, a monitor, you see, okay, I have a two D real estate. Well, I can move things around. So now with now with the metaverse, you all of a sudden basically immerse, and, and your two D screen becomes a three D like a portal into the opportunity. So from real estate, like whether you sell something there, you know, marketing, that's great. I, I see the potential. The problem is that I think it's it's still a bit a bit too early. Because of the interaction, like using mice or, you know, like it's not like very intuitive. Some projects like, you know, uh, arts, they get some traction, like post NFTs, but you know, games again. Games is a good example of literally metaverse. When you launch a game, you emerge yourself in the metaverse. That's it's already here from that perspective. Uh, some of the games will uh, implement NFTs for sure, like you know, or Robux is like type of a you know NFT per se. It's an, an NFT, but it's like currency that been used in uh, in Roblox, right? Which my kids play Robux, like in a Roblox, and I, I'm fascinated. Like, oh my god, it's a game that you can like. I said, well, what's the Roblox? Well, it's a game that you can create games, right? So it's a, it's interesting. So it's a metaverse, and, and it's in the metaverse. That's a that's a mind boggling. Uh, yeah, so metaverse is a thing, but I don't, uh, I don't believe we're there yet. So aside from games, right? Games here to stay and and only become more and more. Yeah, and, and it's like you said uh, previously. This is you know the beginning of something. We're not sure what it's going to look like. Uh, we can't predict all, but there's certainly something to all of this, which is clearly the case here. I think we can both agree on that. Uh, so you know, turning back to uh, good news ventures or the types of things that you're looking at. Right now, what's, uh, you know, if someone's looking at a, you know, if someone's got a project, what's the type of investment that you typically make or what's the, the way that you typically get involved with somebody that's uh, got an interesting project to you? There are two ways we are approached. We find projects, usually we reach out to companies uh, that we like. You know, our team is called the, the world, I would say. And, and we can find projects in, in different spaces. For example, last project can speak of, like, you know, a cortical labs. It's a... It's a mine in a petri dish, and they use the you know neurons and connect with the silicon, and then and basically like in the user machine learning using algorithm using the actual living uh, cells, and it's proven that it's find the solution faster than uh, the silicon based uh, machine learning system. So it's like if you kind of uh, speculate in that, you can see where it can go, right? So it's just it's just insane. Yeah, those type of projects are quite interesting. We usually, you know, not only invest with help, we have a next level team where we, you know, ask our uh, active LPs to help uh, portfolio companies. Uh, we try to match the skills of our LPs, particular companies, organize meetings uh, that can solve the uh, key question, uh, key problem for the particular startup. We invest up to 500000 per company. Yeah, we use different terms, doesn't really matter for us. As long as we uh, can add value and help company and we see potential. And again, what, what I've learned over the years, like, you know, you, you have to take risks in your life that 
can potentially lead to unproportional uh, returns. Like we would, uh, you know, I'm okay to lose nine out of 10 if like one out of 10, uh, you know, the opportunity can change the world, right? That's right. So that's, that's right. That's the space you're in, right? Because you're so early stage, you're trying to identify some of these different makers. Obviously, they all can't be, right? So obviously, yeah, that's the, you know, and to make things even more unpredictable, you don't know which one's going to be the ones, right? right? change the world so they have the potential but you have no way of knowing so you cannot predict the future but there is a you know potential there is potential in them and there is a big like if i usually i'm not sure if you play poker but the there's a certain the you know uh if there is a flash draw right so you know certain percentage you know you know one out of, uh, like one out of four times you'll hit the flash but it does not guarantee right you can continue you can keep playing it right you can adjust your bet uh, you know based on the pot size right as long as you not bet at all on one company so and and use the pot odds then you in a good shape it's like you know the name of the game if you can use the uh, stats and your advantage so you can be you're going to be successful that's that's basically what it is it does not guarantee you uh, winning in, in one particular case, but over the course of you know uh, many bets, you'll certainly win. So that's right. That's right. Yeah, it's a good way of thinking uh, that through. And so you're also involved. I mean, with some of your investments, you're involved with the companies for for an extended length of time, aren't you? Yeah. Well, we we started out the first fund we launched in 2017, so it's like five, five years. Yeah. So we've been, and I personally been around since one investing site uh, since 2012. So yeah, well, this is when I joined York Angels mm-hmm. Investors. That's a yeah, not-for-profit angel group uh, out of uh, Markham. That's where I learned a lot of like a lot about investing, and where I met my business partner. Yeah, you cut your teeth with York Angels originally, which is, I mean, obviously made a name for itself as well. And how long at Good News Ventures? Are you spun out with your partner to form uh, Good News Ventures, right? Yeah, I guess it was uh, for us, like, like I, I never thought I'm going to run a fund, to be honest. It's just like, it was a whole new world. So I came from a traditional kind of uh, brick and mortar background. So I used to have a manufacturer and a development company and, and then get some spare uh, capital. And I thought, wow, that's, you know, and I used to call it, uh, you know, uh, I've done some coding in the past uh, when I was young and uh, even sold the company when I was in, uh, in the university. So, and I, I thought, well, it's, you know, it would be great to support young entrepreneurs building in, uh, new companies, great companies. That's how it started. And then at some point, you know, fast forward, we realized that just the, the top of the funnel is not big enough for us. We want to see more companies, we want to see more opportunities. And I just start, you know, searching for opportunities everywhere. And I realized, wow, that's like the, the world is much bigger than you know than you think you know. So, and invested uh, in several companies and blockchain companies in the past, and uh, you know some of them turned out to be good. So, and and realized, well, with my you know partner who was very active as well, invested in a few companies uh, before to combine our capital, launch the fund. And people who co-invest alongside uh, with us, we were like super active. We, we were on the board at some point uh, at York and, and I was at some point a, a chairman. Uh, but again, we just kind of, I think we outgrew the group and, and decided to, you know, start our own gig. And then, uh, yeah, and that's, we, we joined. So it's, uh, I guess I, I call it journey for the destination. It's, it's a never ending uh, river of uh, deals and, 
And what I like about it, so you, you, I always wanted to build like, you know, different businesses and like, oh, that's like so cool that you can build this, right? So now we're talking with young entrepreneurs, you kind of get an opportunity to, to at least, you know, get involved in, in this business and can invest in this and that business. So gives you the opportunity to look at what's going on and be on the kind of cutting edge of uh, technologies. And, and uh, speaking of technologies, if you think about it, like I, I would never guess that like what I realized, there are certain things that the, the world think the the, world, the consensus of the world think is is true, but it's not. Like you know, like I realized that there is already the theory of everything that's been discovered, like the old personification that the you know, but the world doesn't know that. So it's then the you know, there's interesting things in by by you know, and then bioelectricity going on, and when DNA is not like a is software DNA is hardware actually, right? So if you think about it, like, well, I thought DNA is a software. No, it's hardware, right? Software is like actually bioelectricity. So yeah, so there's a lot of things going on that uh, uh, I'm just fascinated by, you know, exciting times, yeah, and and things that are fascinating, right? And uh, yeah, obviously gets you gets you going in the morning. If somebody is listening and has an interesting project or uh, you know has liked what they've heard, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Just so people listening, we'll have things in the show notes, obviously. But what's the best way to reach you if somebody wants to maybe uh, well open a discussion? They've got an interesting project. They think that it might be make sense to uh, talk with you. Further oh, absolutely. We, we 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 love referrals. If you guys you know uh, have a, a startup, please reach out at marat at goodnewsventures.com, and we'll look at every uh, project that uh, comes our way. Or if, you know, if you, for if you want to just chat, you know, send send me an email. Uh, yeah, well, and, well. and continue the chat. Yeah, um, Marat, really, really appreciate this time. I enjoyed our first conversation. I think we were talking uh, of an opportunity, and I said, well, this would be a great podcast as well, and for people to hear some of what uh, you're up to with Good News Ventures. Obviously, we'll have ways to contact you through the show notes. Somebody listening, if you do have something interesting, as they say, uh, feel free to reach out to Marat. He has uh, obviously a wealth of expertise in this. He's been there. He's seen it. And uh, maybe it makes sense to put good people together so that they can be the change makers or, or create some of these differences in the world we've discussed. Murat, I really appreciate your time here today. I'd like to end these uh, shows with one thing that maybe a, an entrepreneur or anybody listening can take with them you know, from the end of this episode through the rest of their week. Uh, something that you know, maybe in your own history, something that's worked for you, something that's motivated you, something that you've seen to be true that you think uh, might be of assistance to somebody else trying to... Uh, bring forward their venture, whatever it may be. Any thoughts there as we uh, sort of exit the show here? Well, you know, some of the good lessons that I learned over the years that become from changing small things in your life. So you realizing that, you know, stoicism, like you don't control many things. You think you do, but you, in reality, you don't. You control very small subset of things. And if you can start small, you'll transform your life. So I used to, you know, back in my days, I used to smoke, you know, used to, occasionally drink and I was over, overweight and I started journaling and the first thing I realized get you know rid of things that actually get rid of bad habits right so I, I don't smoke uh, I don't drink I'm not you know physically active so those small things small things on a daily basis makes you know who you are right that's the I would say the most important lesson so forget about the big goals small goals on an everyday basis if you can implement them remove what's unnecessary what's hurting you what makes you drives you down you know whether it's like you know habits relationships like what have you what basically drags you down and then once you remove that 
be amazed how much time you get now. Okay, so I get rid of those that, you know, what brings me down. So what can I add now on a daily basis? Well, investment, okay. Make investment on a daily basis. Like do that every day, right? So, or you want to be a writer? Write every day, small sentence, small paragraph. So small changes make a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal differences. That's, I think, I, you know, I would leave you with. All right, that's wonderful advice. Thanks so much for that small bit as well. Appreciate having you on the show. Look forward to next time on The Millionaire's Learn. All right, thank you, Thanks for listening to The Millionaire's Lawyer. Please subscribe and rate on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. To get your business millionaire assessed and to access the wide variety of resources that we offer in addition to this podcast, go to jpmcavoy.com. That's J-P-M-C-A-V-O-Y dot com.